Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-vibing friends. I am so excited that you are here with me today and so excited to introduce today our guest. Miss Lois Hollis is on today, and she is going to talk with us all about shame and guilt. Um, so Lois is a shame-guilt educator, counselor, and filmmaker. She shift shifts our opinions on one of the most taboo subjects of shame and guilt. Um, she has over 50 years of experience in health, um, researching for 15 years and counseling, and is bringing her new knowledge of these misunderstood conditions to release us from the, our shame-guilt prison. Lois is also re- uh, releasing a new film, I'm Good, making shame and guilt visible in June of 2021, so getting uh, very excited. Um, and she was given a death sentence at 55 and now thrives at 77. And she's here to share all about how she's doing this and how we can heal and thrive, enjoying success and love rather than stay in that shame and guilt. So welcome to the show, Lois. Oh, thank you. And thank you for that wonderful intro. And it is exciting (laughs) to finally know that we can get out of the shame, guilt prison. We don't have to manage it. We don't have to control it. We can kick it the heck out of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. That's something that is really taboo that we don't dive into. And we all experience shame and guilt. There's nothing wrong with that. And we shouldn't feel shame or guilt for experiencing shame or guilt, but we do because we're humans. So before we dive really into kind of even how to heal, I want to touch on like, what is the true definition of shame and guilt? Let's start there. You're great. That's the perfect place (laughs) to start. Okay. Contrary to probably 99% of the population and therapists state that shame and guilt are normal. Mm -hmm. They belong to us. We have inherited as a species and we are governed by it. We make, you know, it's interesting to come back and say, how did I make that decision? Well, most of us make it on shame and guilt. Mm. If I don't do this, I don't do that. Very few of us do it from a spiritual perspective, like, ah, that's the right thing for me to do. That's what God would want me to do. Or that's what my spirit wants me to do. So So you can see right away that shame, guilt, devolves us Mm -hmm. we're put in a lesser place okay my definition is that shame and shame and guilt i say shame guilt is an energy Mm. okay may i digress yes please (laughs) (laughs) okay we have love energy coming into us Mm -hmm. everyone knows what love produces what does it produce joy happiness compassion, Mm -hmm. I can do it, Mm self-confidence, intuition, compassion, empathy, Mm -hmm. joy. I mean, yeah, I'm all for that one. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So the love energy feeds 
or produces those ener- those uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. Then, then on the other side, we have shame, guilt, energy. Yeah. Negative, destructive energy that mm-hmm. causes our beautiful love and compassion and joy turn to negative. Mm. Compassion turns to depression. Intuition turns to anxiety. Mm-hmm. Passion turns to anger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So shame, guilt is an energy that twists or distorts our emotions. Mm. We can feel shame, guilt, but really what are we feeling? Not good enough, depression, anxiety. So I'm asking us to separate shame, guilt. Mm-hmm. Like That's the energy. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm working with the energies that it produces. Mm-hmm. That mindset alone can help so much of us. Yeah, absolutely. I okay. agree. Now, shame, guilt is an energy that distorts our emotions. That's my definition. Mm. Okay, everyone said shame is bad, guilt is good. Mm-hmm. We need guilt to be moral. Well, not 99%, but most people say we need guilt, but we don't need shame. Well, mm-hmm. that confuses us. My mind goes, kick, 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 kick. how can that, how can you have a healthy poison? Mm-hmm. So why do they call it shame? Why do I call it shame, guilt, and not shame and guilt? Mm-hmm. Shame is in the unconscious mind. And guilt's in the conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Now, medically speaking since I'm a nurse forever, (laughs) this is how the world talks, the medical world talks. If you have a bacteria in your brain, they call it meningitis. Mm -hmm. If you have the same bacteria in your lungs, they call it pneumonia. (laughs) If you have the same bacteria in your heart, they call it carditis. If you have the same bacteria in your colon, they have a colitis. Okay, do you see where I'm going here? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not the root, it's the disease, but it's not the cause. Mm -hmm. Now, right now, uh, I'll get my, I have a book that's this thick. It's Mm -hmm. 917 pages. And that's the list of OCD and depression, anxiety. Are you talking about the DSM? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so there's like, I don't know, 450 diagnoses. Yeah. But it's only shame and guilt. Hmm. I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So shame is bad and guilt is bad. It's the same thing, it's the same energy. Hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense when we're trying to kind of dissect these two. I really like your your perspective on this idea that guilt we look at as good, but it is contradicting, right? Because 
like you said, shame is on that unconscious level. Guilt is on the conscious. They don't work separately from each other. Our subconscious is what dictates our behaviors. And so for going through this, we're feeling that shame and guilt and we're trying to separate them when in turn, like you said, they're how we move forward. It, they're not different. You're so smart. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I regurgitating <laughs> what you said. I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And it's the truth Mm -hmm. because people go, oh, my goodness. It's kind of like the truth is so powerful, Mm -hmm. Caitlin. When you say the truth, it resonates. Mm -hmm. Now, why do I know this? Because I just, in my whole life, I've been a trailblazer. I've always found new ways. Um, I had a near-death experience in childhood. I always knew I was talking to God, but I did not really know that. It was just part of my being, and not until my 50s did I realize that I had that experience with God a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, I created the first kidney hemodialysis unit in the country, and um, I started hepatitis epidemic. They had that, and I was able to stop that, and I started many. So, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank but, you. <laughs> but, so, you know, my background is... I'm just starting new things. Mm -hmm. That's just my MO. Mm -hmm. So for me to say something that's different that that can help humanity is normal for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) Okay. So uh, shame, guilt is an energy Mm -hmm. that enters us. Why? It just does. And that's a whole another story (laughs) we can talk about in another time. It's placed upon humanity. It's not of humanity. We do not need it. It's an outside destructive energy placed upon humanity. Hmm. It's not normal. It's common. I like that. There's a big distinction there because the idea of what we've decided is normal is not necessarily what we need to accept. I like that you made that distinction. Common is very different than kind of the societal idea of normal. And I don't know anybody else that's saying that at this moment, Mm -hmm. but it is common, but it's not normal. Humanity doesn't need shame, guilt. Shame, guilt, energy needs us. It's almost like a parasitic energy. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question and it's a little bit back about what you said. You you were talking about this idea with shame and guilt. We're talking about the energy, but we also experience the emotion behind it, right? Because you talked about, you know, that creates depression and it creates all these kind of unwanted emotions. And so if we're experiencing the emotion, is that how we can identify if we're like more on a deeper or subconscious level experiencing that shame? Because sometimes we don't say, I feel guilty. We say, I feel depressed or I feel stuck or I feel burnt out. Like there's all these different emotions and you're saying that shame and guilt is really what's behind all of it. I mean, you mentioned the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Statistics or Statistical Manual or something like that. It's, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's basically what all counselors for our listeners that aren't aware, this is what all counselors, therapists, every hospital you go to, this is like the how 
the main Bible. book, right? Yep. About um, all the different ways that we can put a diagnosis on someone. Which to is, someone. Again, exactly. can be a label, but we won't dive into that piece. Um, but how does that, um, is that how we can identify if it's shame and guilt is just based on the negative emotion or is there a little bit of a, de- a deeper process? Okay. It is a deeper process, but step number one is what we just discussed. Shame guilt is an energy that comes into us. We don't have to own it right now. Shame guilt only has one flaw. Mm -hmm. It dissolves a detection. Ooh, I like that. So first steps important. Oh, I'm not, I'm feeling horrible. Oh my God, I can't fix that. In your mind, Mm -hmm. you now have to say, oh, that's that crazy shingle energy that's coming into me and making me feel bad, Mm -hmm. making me feel unworthy, making me feel uncomfortable, making me feel whatever words you want to use. There's like 917 ways you can feel that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Okay, you put that on the side. Does it go away completely? No, but at least you're making the um, impression in your brain that that doesn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. Huge distinction, absolutely. Huge, mm-hmm. huge. Now, does it make everything 100% right? No, no, no. It's You got to do a little bit more work. And as you know, you're in the field. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, please go away. Everything that's not worthy of me. I'm more right. like, yeah, that if that's <laughs> if that worked, I lived in Sedona for 10 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. They said, all you have to do is just say, go away and it'll go away. Well, I think we as a human can do that eventually, mm. but we don't have that evolutionary process right now. You know, when I can hold a pen in my hand and say, I now have an apple in my hand, then it can work. (laughs) Okay. Sure. I'm not there yet. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying it can't be done. Do you know that we have been given 64 DNA strands? Hmm. And today we only have 12. Wow. So that's how much humanity has evolved. Yeah. And I... Do you want to touch on that? Because I like that idea. You know, a lot of times we talk about um, different ways of healing or the power of mindset and the power of affirmation Uh, and surrender, all this stuff. But what I always talk with my clients about is you can't, the reason that saying like, I, you know, give up everything. You can't just say it. There's, we have to do these things on all levels of our being, which I think is what Lois is getting to is we function in such amazing ways. You know, the subconscious, conscious, physical, spiritual. I mean, we have so many different, we're complex beings. So we can get to this place of where we're more in alignment and we're kind of in a more cohesive space where we're functioning on all these levels, which then maybe we could get to that place of, you know, again, that powerful surrender. We're working on it now. And yes, we can, you know, call in higher powers and work through things, but it's not as simple as a snap of your fingers, right? It's this deeper process of uncovering. And, and we can, and we can get there, but right. we are not there. Right. We are not that we have the capability. Mm-hmm. The human is the most advanced species in the universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we're not there. 
-hmm. Now, what I can say is the more shame, guilt, energy you get out of you, Mm -hmm. the more you evolve. Mm. Now, I I do not have um, an electronic device that can show that. But I do have some aura pictures that people Mm. have have, um, done session with me. And we did an aura picture before and after. And oh, my goodness, the whole aura lights up after they got rid of just a little bit of shame guilt. Right. I mean, and we can't even tell. I mean, even not on... If we're not looking at it as a, as a proving method, thinking of it of just the emotion, I'm sure that the emotion that those clients felt was completely different from, you know, when yeah. you give yourself that permission to release some of that shame, guilt energy out of your body, you're making room for, you know, that joy and compassion and all those different ones that you had said of that love energy to come in and, and take that space. It, okay. My premise is that. We have love energy mm-hmm. and we have shame, guilt energy, mm-hmm. and they battle for our ownership of our emotions. Mm. Yeah. So we're always in battle. I don't care how many positive affirmations you do. <laughs> You're always in battle. So I'm saying, would you like to stop the battle and make it easy? Mm-hmm. And just get rid of shame, guilt, energy. Now, shame, guilt, energy that came into you when you were two and three and five and 10 and 12 is still there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just go away. That's why when you're 40 and 50, you go into sort of like they used to call it a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, when things get we don't know, but everything seems to fall down. Well, we reached our limit of how much our emotional body can hold of the shame, guilt, energy. Mm. I like that. And that would give a lot of logical meaning to why you get that depression at 40 and 50. Yeah. And they go, oh my, what did I do wrong? Did the kids talk to me wrong? Did I not do good at my job? No, it has to do with happened a long time ago. So no guilt here. Mm-hmm. We need to cut the guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we a lot of those behaviors, there is a lot of guilt attached because they're kind of, we look at them more in, in the societal view of impulsive or um, out of character, all these different things, when really you're kind of clutching in the space of saying something doesn't feel right. I don't feel good. And I don't, I feel like something is missing. And what you're noticing, like Lois is saying, is that you're not processing or releasing that shame guilt. You're in that battle. You're feeling the strong pull of that battle that you haven't released that shame guilt energy and you're trying to, right? But no one ever identified it before. Right. Yeah. That's why in my 50s, I was dying. I was going down and mm-hmm. uh, had many um, physical problems and from all the abuse and it was carried, carried forward, even Mm -hmm. though I was extremely successful, Mm -hmm. the shame, guilt energy was still there and it keeps multiplying. And then they call it old age. Yeah. And I (laughs) love that to think really quick. Sorry. I just thought of this, this piece, um, kind of clicked in my mind because my background is obviously in mental health and addiction. And so with addiction, there's an idea that a lot of people talk about of the functional alcoholic. And I want to touch on this because it made sense. So in more of the clinical side, the idea of a functional alcoholic is non-existent because if you're not, if we're looking at kind of the basics, 
we'll, we'll use like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if you're not familiar, it's kind of, you start at the foundation and you build up and at the bottom is your physiological needs. So, you know, sleep, eat, breathing, excretion, kind of homeostasis in your body, all these different things. And so people will talk about this idea as a functional alcoholic, you can be higher up on the pyramid without meeting all the things below, which obviously doesn't make sense because you have to build that foundation (laughs) to move up. But the idea that Lois was just talking about of, you know, I was, I was dying at 55 and, but I was very successful is kind of this idea again of that functional alcoholic in the sense of people can be functioning super well. I saw some crazy statistic about, um, it's like how men over the age of 55 and the top 1%, like 90% of them are um, functioning either drug addicts or in some way of using either prescriptions or alcohol. And the the reason I bring this up is because this idea that you can have one thing and not the other is looking at exactly what Los is saying. If you're, you can function as a human being, however, that place of where you how you identify, it gets to people. Because if you think of an addict, there's shame, guilt, energy, right? There's shame around the behavior. There's guilt around the behaviors. There's all these different things. So when you're looking at, oh, well, they're climbing up in their business or they're climbing up in their life, but then they're also having all this shame, guilt, energy continue to build. And it gets to this point where something happens. And what they They always say, it's like, yep, it's the breaking point. And so Lois, you're kind of talking about the same thing of this idea of there's, you can function, but how you identify function or surviving is very different than living. And I think that's Lois said, we, do you want to make it easy or do you want to continue in that battle? And that in itself is a huge perception shift to grab an idea that we do have the power to create. And like you said, we don't have to own that shame guilt, but we do have to deal with it. We do have to decide to push it out of our space and to allow ourselves that permission to do so. So it's a little tangent, but sorry. (laughs) No, 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 um, you're helping to integrate Mm -hmm. what I'm saying to your audience. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's really, really, really important because I'm bringing forth something like, Oh, huh? You know, seriously, (laughs) I've got many, many comments, but not everybody's going to grasp it mm-hmm. at first. Now, two, three years, I've been at this for 15 years. Yeah. And now the world's finally like, oh, we'll entertain listening to you. But they <laughs> wouldn't even listen to me 10 years ago. Okay. Sure. Because like they told me the biggest mistake I could do in publicizing is to call myself a shame guilt educator mm. because if you mention that, that's death because no one talks about that stuff. Now, you can call yourself a happiness coach, a joy coach, a happy coach. Mm-hmm. I said, no, because that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because to be honest, it's funny that you said that the shame, guilt, educator piece is a piece that drove me to you because I was like, that's what needs to be talked about. That's what needs to be discussed. Yeah. Well, of course, I want to be happy. Of course, I want joy. But just wanting it's not going to make it. Right. And someone's got to say shame, guilt is there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, my hopefully Mm -hmm. my film making shame, guilt, energy visible, people can get a handle on, oh, I don't want that. Right. Yeah. And I think, 
you know, you're saying making it visible. So obviously we know, um, and we talk a lot about this idea that physically, if you're not processing emotion, you're not processing things in your body and the energy and, and allowing it to move out, you it manifests physically in your body into some sort uh, of illness. Yeah. We know that. Where yeah. we believe that, right? And I I know it. Um, but tell me about how that affected you at 55. Because you were saying you were almost, you know, you had a death sentence at 55. You're 77 now. You're, you told me you're roller skating and living it up. So tell me this, this secret or this idea of how that really affected you, the idea of processing shame and guilt out and then allowing love in. Okay, the mechanism, which I've come to learn, mm-hmm. is that shame, guilt, energy is like a negative energy that enters your computer. What happens to your computer when... The yeah, virus comes into it. Duh. It, it's messed up. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So that's what shame, guilt, energy is that comes into our body. Mm-hmm. It distorts spiritual. We don't have the same connection to God, mm-hmm. or we have a distorted image of God. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, we have our emotions turned to negative. Mm-hmm. Physically, it alters the. Um, the points, the meridians within our body, and that makes our gallbladder not work as well, our lungs not work as well, whatever is the weakest part of us mm-hmm. gets influenced. And uh, spiritual and mental, emotional, yeah, it enters the whole body. So mm-hmm. anyway, I had severe emotional and physical abuse in my childhood. Mm-hmm. I had uh, broken jaws, several um, brain traumas, um, scoliosis that was in the family, uh, broken ribs, uh, mm-hmm. broken neck. And that's, I remember going to see God and God mm-hmm. sent me back home <laughs> here. But I did not remember that because I think it must have been like five or six. I can't remember the age, but it was early. So I was labeled as um, a child that was stupid and unable to learn. Now, this is the 1950s because mm-hmm. I had dyslexia, ear and syndrome, where when you look at words, they all move mm-hmm. because of the brain traumas. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's very shameful. So the whole my whole life was shameful, but somehow I didn't really believe that. I just kept on going. Like I just, you know, I did the Maslow. I kept on going because mm-hmm. I could. I had mm-hmm. this energy, and then eventually it falls down. So in my fifties, mm-hmm. I couldn't walk. The scoliosis was so bad. I couldn't think because of all the brain traumas. I couldn't even go outside during the daytime. That's how severe Mm -hmm. the brain traumas were. I could only go out at night. Thank God stores were open at night because otherwise I could never go shopping. That's how the severity. And people that do have brain traumas, yes, Mm -hmm. they can't go out in the sunlight. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that deteriorates over time. Right. My heart had a mitral valve prolapse, meaning that it was a leaky valve. Mm. I inherited that from my father. And my kidneys were not working properly because I took medication for my migraines. I had 30 years of migraines. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, there wasn't much hope for me. And 
I was like, okay. Um, so anyway, God sent me, or I found, or however that all works, mm -hmm. a physician, a doctor, chiropractor, healer. Mm -hmm. And he was able to repair the damage. It took years. Yeah. But um, I can walk and talk and ski and yeah. eat chocolate. and. <laughs> Of course, we got married. That helps. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so great. <laughs> anyway, um, but he couldn't help me until I did emotional work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I learned that I was tired of talking to therapists and people like I'm depressed on this and they keep talking, talking, talking. It didn't help. Right. I decided to talk to myself. So I said, hi, depression. How are you? Thank you so much for coming to see me. And depression started talking to me. Yeah. Anxiety started talking to me. Everybody started talking to me. Mm -hmm. And I came to learn that my emotions held the shame, guilt, energy. Mm. So that's how I was able to release it because the emotion wanted to release it. I couldn't take it. They had to want to release it. Yeah. The beauty of this is that our emotions hold the shame, guilt, energy so that we can have a life where we keep on plugging along. Mm -hmm. But they start crumbling after a certain time. They yeah. can't go anymore. One of my emotions said she had one last breath. Mm. Yeah. And I cried. Yeah. So that's where Alzheimer's comes in. Mm. The, the emotions just leave because they can't hold the shame guilt energy anymore. Mm. I, wow. Yeah. Very powerful. Um, it made me think of, of this, which you said, and, um, I want to make a connection between abuse and the emotion, because sometimes we think about, well, first of all, I want to say the, the abuse and, um, these different aspects that happen to us, even as a child, I want to urge people to that. What you would define as abuse is what your body and your emotions define as abuse. So if somebody else, and I don't know why this is coming up, but obviously somebody needs to hear it. Um, this idea that if somebody tells you that something you went through is not traumatic or abuse, their opinion does not hold any weight because what you tell yourself is traumatic and what you put those emotions, those emotions and thoughts that Lois is talking about, they go around that. So you're going to have to process that out. You're going to have to, um, you know, move through that energy. So that's the first part is what you classify as abuse is abuse. What you classify as traumatic is traumatic. We, don't have to have society's approval of what abuse or trauma is. So that's the first part. The next part is this idea of these emotions and going within, like Lois is talking about going within and actually engaging with these emotions. That is really hard to do. And also the, the part of where the healing really begins. I like that Lois said, like going to therapists and, and I've shared this in, in my journey a little bit throughout um, the podcast of, you know, I went to talk therapy. I was in talk therapy. My background is in talk therapy. Like I get that, but there's a reason that I integrate the spiritual piece of things because 
talk therapy is very much on the conscious level. Sometimes, yeah, you can have subconscious breakthroughs if things come up, but only with Lois said, she touched on it, when your emotion is ready to take that on. Your emotion that you have to be in that place where you're able to process that. You have to be able to identify and interact with that emotion. And sometimes people will come, I'll have clients come a lot um, and we'll be going through sessions and they'll say, something will come up about, you know, their childhood. And, and um, Lois was talking about, you know, that shame guilt of, you know, when that happened when you're two, three, five, 10, whatever it is, you may not remember that as humans, we have the ability that when something is that traumatic and we're not in a place where we can process it due to still being in that situation, um, not being in a place that we're actually strong enough to process that yet, our brain blocks it out, but it comes up later, right? Lois said, you have to process that coming up. You, you're going to have to deal with that shame guilt. It's deep, but it's still there. And so when we're going through a healing journey, we notice that a lot of those things come up. We notice that generational ancestral things come up. We inherit these things. And that's often, um, you know, Lois said she got some of the heart issues from her dad, or there were different things that were generational that can come through the shame, guilt that your family didn't process or your past lives or generational ancestral, whatever you want to call it. These different things can come through. So going to this place of processing the emotion. And I was saying these, I'll have clients come and they'll say, I've already dealt with this. Why is this coming up again? Because you're an onion. You have to be in that place where your emotion is ready to be engaged with. And what I mean by that is your intuition or your higher power or God or whatever you identify as that as it has to be in a place where you, it's showing this is ready to be dealt with. We're only given what we're allowed. They're not allowed. That's not the correct word, but we're only given what we're strong enough to deal with. And when we're strong enough to go into that emotion and talk to it and say, like Lois did, hi, depression, thanks for showing up. What do I need to learn from you? Because ultimately, every single emotion we have is going to teach us something if we're processing it, right? It's going to teach us how to move, whether it is moving out of it, whether the teaching process is how do I even move through the shame, guilt and get it out of my body, whether it's something that we don't have the knowledge of on the conscious level of why we need to go through that or what we are learning, we still are meant to go through it in some way. So I just wanted to go like bring that out kind of all together with what Lois said, because she touched on some really powerful points of um, that are really deep and really a beautiful part of the healing journey. And I, I'm glad that you said the beautiful healing journey because 100% of everybody I've helped in the years laugh mm, they absolutely. have fun yep. because <laughs> it's they go I had never idea that this was the best happiest journey of my life when I'm meeting myself mm-hmm. yeah it's not absolutely. in therapy I cried mm-hmm. cried cried every time yeah with this process I laughed and was just deep happy mm-hmm. deep happiness Joy that I have never, ever felt before, but it wasn't false joy. It was real joy that I felt something about meeting yourself. And I have a DVD that's 20 minutes called Out of Discord into Harmony. It's on Mm -hmm. my website and YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it shows me talking with my emotions and Mm -hmm. my inner critic. I love that. So there's a visual for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
the journey of talking with yourself. We do it anyway. Mm-hmm. We're always talking to yourself. I'm just giving you a name or a person to talk with. Right. Which in turn talk. makes it easier for your brain to understand, right? We're working yeah. with the human experience. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When your own self talks to yourself, mm-hmm. it's a thousand times better than someone else talking to you. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. When you hear it in your own voice, you hear it. You believe it. When someone else tells you or you get it from someone else, it's not the same caliber. It's not. It's a voice recognition program. (laughs) It is. But I like that idea because if we think about too, even compliments that people give you. They don't mean anything. Right. Yeah. If you hear them, then it's like, okay, but you don't necessarily, it's, do you actually accept and believe that compliment to be true? And when you do, it's because of your inner voice or your inner critic just saying, yes, I am whatever the compliment was. It is told that for every negative thought or negative statement given to you or Mm -hmm. you yourself given, you need, I think it's three or four positive ones. Ah, Mm -hmm. So that's why my film's called I'm Good. Yep. (laughs) I like that. And it's very true, right? I mean, the negative is so powerful. It is. And the positive is so powerful. But think about how often we beat ourselves up and we are, you said that inner critic, we are so good at talking ourselves down, beating ourselves up, telling ourselves we're not, you know, good enough or whatever it is. And where that's stemming from, like we're talking about is that shame guilt, but also this idea that, yeah, for one negative thought or emotion, you need three positive to make that up. And I think they've even moved around on that a little bit. I think they're starting to shift into like more five or so. So just yeah, I mean, yeah. even, it's, I, I, it's, yeah, who knows? It changes all the time, but it's true, right? I mean, that's yeah. really. So there was yeah. many days I kept on saying I'm good. I did really good. Um, I only got lost once driving to my friend's house. Mm. I only got lost twice rather than saying I'm so stupid. I got lost. No, I only got lost once. Yeah. You got to be very creative. That perception now, shift. Yeah. The whole personality Mm -hmm. of us depends on the inner critic Mm. he's the ceo of our personality and (laughs) we can make friends with our inner critic yeah we don't shut him up we don't take him out of our life the shade guilt producer is our inner critic his job is to produce shame and guilt Mm-hmm. That's his job. So you can't take his job from him. Mm-hmm. You can negotiate a new job. Yeah, it's like the idea of uh, Freud. He has the id, the ego, and, and yes, right. And then yes. the, the ego is what you're talking about. This idea yes. that your ego, ego is there. a shame guilt producer. Mm-hmm. That's his job. Now he, the problem is. He's living in a different timeline than you. Mm. He's living when you were 5, 10, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever. And now I'm 70, 60, whatever. So you have to say, hi, inner my, who are you? What is your name? My inner critic name is King. (laughs) Mm. I love this. That's awesome. And to bring 
this, what Lois just said is actually pretty accepted. Um, it's not just something kind of in the energetic world. When she said that your ego is living at this place of those traumatic events, there's research that shows, and it's clinically accepted, of um, emotional stunting, emotional intelligence stunting. And what that means is exactly what Lois said, that your ego and your emotional state of how you're reacting to things emotional is stuck at those trauma responses. So again, looking at addiction, the first age, I'm sure so many people have heard this, the first age somebody uses is the first age is the age that they are emotionally stunted at. And there's a lot of um, thoughts and, and disagreements and agreements with this, but think about that. If you are stunted at an age. It doesn't mean that in periods of sobriety or in periods of growth or healing or whatever you're doing, that you're not growing and learning how to process emotionally. It doesn't mean that you're going to be at that age forever. However, it does mean that your ego, which is a part of you that's not going to go away, is at that place and that of that age and that abuse and that trauma. They're emotionally having you stay there. So really, and that's their job, right? Yep. That is their job. Mm -hmm. They only have one thing in their toolbox, right? Shame guilt. That's all. Why? Because that's what culture taught them. That's what religion taught them. Mm -hmm. That's what the government taught them. That's what mom and dad taught you. It, it, it just is. So you have to make friends with the shame guilt with King. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to talk to you. You're stupid and dumb. I go, Oh, thank you so much for talking to me. I mean, you gotta be creative Mm -hmm. eventually. And it isn't people say, Oh, I did that in an hour. I'm going like, yeah, you did it with your mind, not your heart. Right. Yeah. So as a period of a couple of weeks, couple of months, you can actually negotiate. You negotiate. Hi, King. How would you like to join me in 2021? Mm, Yeah. You have to invite them into your timeline. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, no, you're just too stupid to be with. And you go, okay, thank you so much. But you're talking. He's talking to you. So it's it's a mate. And then I say, oh, how would you like to have more power? Oh, I said, if you can come into my timeline, you could have more power. <gasps> now he's interested. <laughs> right. And, and how you do this is by doing that healing work, allowing some of that shift. And then, you know, you bring into that place where you're working in alignment with all these different aspects of your being. You're working in alignment with ego, which is how you're giving them more power. You're working in alignment with your physical body, your emotional, your spirit, your higher power. That's really the basis of of what we're trying to do in this life, right? Yeah. So everybody knows Mm -hmm. this. I'm saying this is how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is how you do it. You have to make friends with your inner critic and eventually you will. What is stuck in humanity is our inner critic. Once we can make friends with that, we evolve. Because mm-hmm. the inner critic will evolve. So my king now has the job of circulating in the universe to find me podcast host. <laughs> he doesn't have to babysit me anymore. I like that. Putting your different parts of yourself, working with different parts of yourself to help you 
I love that. Beautiful. Because I evolved. Mm hmm. So he can evolve and now he gets a vacation with more power. Right. And it's nice to think about too. I think that when we're talking about the ego, there is so much negativity in the space around, you know, what the ego is and what the purpose, but this beautiful point of that we're discussing is that it doesn't have to be that way. And it's not necessarily, it's not that your ego is negative or terrible, right? It's just where he's at. Right. Or where the ego is at. He's in the wrong timeline. That's all. (laughs) Right. And you got to say, hello, it's 2021. Really? I didn't know that. I go, well, (laughs) it is. (laughs) Right. And move into that healing. Absolutely. Well, Lois, I could talk to you forever, but we got to wrap up. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to talk to you about shame, guilt, energy, and how to kind of move into a more loving space. Um, So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Of course. Great. And for all of our listeners, um, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. We want to know what you would like to hear. Um, reach out if you have any questions. And as always, thank you for listening and hanging out with us on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. And they can always contact me through my website. It's um, actually in the episode notes. So check out Lois' okay. website in there. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.